Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. People matter to God and they matter here. And let me tell you what we do because you do matter. We have community groups. And we have some empty chairs in our community groups. Uh, we have a place where you can sign up. Now, we're a large church, and this is what well, I'll tell you. People on this side don't know who's on that side. Uh, people who are in the, uh, the 930 service don't know who's in the 11. And there's people all around you that you don't even know. And, and, uh, and to, to, to deal with the big church idea is that's why we have community groups. Because in a community group, somebody's going to care for you. They're going to pray for you. So today, you got a chance to sign up out there in the, in the, the foyer. You're going to hear more about this as we go along. But uh, uh, there's an empty chair for you in one of our community groups, and it will help you grow in Jesus Christ. So, Happy New Year. Glad you guys are here today. I hope you had a great year uh, and, uh, and, and have started the new year right. I, I'm excited this morning, this morning to get to talk to you. And uh, we're going to be talking about breaking the silence all this month. And I'll explain more to you about that. But breaking the silence is mean, means that we're going to speak up for Jesus. Craig Groeschel, you'll see a picture of him on the screen here. He pastors the largest church in America. Uh, Life Church is in Oklahoma. I think it has 34 or, or more campuses all over the place. And uh, he tells about a policeman in his congregation that came to him and said, I want to show you a picture from a drug bust that we just took. And Craig was kind of taken back. He didn't really know what it was about. And so the, the policeman showed him a picture on his phone of a nightstand right beside the drug dealer's bed. And on the nightstand was a bottle of liquor, a pack of cigarettes, some drug paraphernalia, some condoms, a Bible, and then just like we have here, a Life Church program or bulletin. That was right there on the bed beside him. And Craig said, well, that made me feel really bad. We weren't doing a very good job. But then he said, the policeman said this to him. He says, that ought to make you feel good because he felt comfortable enough to come to church and, and he'd heard about what a great church it was. And you know what? That's the type of church I want Northridge to be. It's a type of church that, that people are hearing great things and they would come because they know that they would be accepted. And so we're going to talk about that today, breaking the silence so that people will know that, that, that they're accepted in this place. And it happens by one thing, Psalm 107 and verse 2. This is what it says there. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Will you read that with me? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That means that we need to speak up. So let the redeemed of the Lord say you got it, all right. And, and that's exactly what it's about. This is what you need to understand, that, that most people that come to church don't come because of our, our, our great advertising. They, they don't come because they see our sign. They come because somebody invites them. 85% of people that come to church come because somebody asks them to come with them. And so in this series, Break the Silence, that's all we're asking you to do is to, to, to break the silence. In fact, really what we're asking you to do is to be obedient to what God has asked us to do. We find that in Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. This is what it said. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. What that line means right there is this, is that he's in charge. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus Christ, and this is what he wants us to do. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, i got to tell you, that's a pretty big job, going to all the world. I struggle going into all my neighborhood. I struggle sometimes going across the street. I struggle thinking about parts of our community that we would be called to go into. And when you think about the world, it just is absolutely overwhelming. But there's one line there that gives me a little bit of hope, and that's that last one. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What that says is the God who has all wisdom, the God who has all power is going to walk with me through this as I break the silence about Jesus and he's going to help me. So the redeemed of the Lord say so. The redeemed of the Lord go and tell people about Jesus. And and, and if we're going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to be obedient followers, then that's what we're to do. Sermon in the sentence is pretty simple. We must break the silence about Jesus. We must break the silence about Jesus. Will you say that with me? We must break the silence about Jesus. And and the way that we break the silence about Jesus is pretty simple. We speak up about him and we live the way that we speak. The first thing we're going to talk about today is speaking up. Speaking up. In Acts, in Acts chapter 2 and chapter 3 and chapter 4, the, 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 the apostles are beginning to do miracles. And they, they actually heal a guy. And people want to know about this Jesus, okay? They want to know about Jesus. And they begin to teach in the name of Jesus. Well, the religious leaders actually came and arrested them and said, you cannot teach anymore in the name of Jesus. They were trying to silence them. And you know what, I'm just going to tell you right now, in parts of our world today, we can't go and speak the name of Jesus. When we go to Nepal and we teach pastors, we're in danger there of being arrested because we use the name of Jesus. In India, Christians are being persecuted. And even in our country now, there are some places where you cannot freely speak the name of Jesus. And so, you know, we're beginning to hear that. And, and I believe that what the, the, the apostles tell the religious leaders is what we've got to begin to say in our lives. We find it in Acts 4.20. They're told, you can't speak about Jesus, but this is what he said. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. As for us... We can't help but speaking about it. You're not going to quiet us down because we have seen what Jesus has done. We have heard his message. We have walked with him and it has changed us. And we absolutely cannot be quiet. We're not going to shut up. I like what my friend Bob Moorhead says. He says, it can't happen through you until it happens to you. It can't happen through you until it happens to you. And what that simply means is that when Jesus gets a hold of your life, what's going to happen next is that you're going to speak up about him. But it won't happen if it hasn't happened to you. And this is so important for us to understand. You see, because when Jesus Christ grips our heart, when his presence is in our life and changes us, there's going to be something that happens in us and we are going to have to speak up about who he is. Anything less doesn't work. Anything less means that we're not connected to the power source. Because when you're connected, the light shines. And that's so important for us to remember. There's a prophet in the Old Testament. His name was Jeremiah. And, and Jeremiah was an interesting guy. Uh, he, he, he was a prophet. That meant that he spoke on behalf of God. And there were some people that didn't want to hear from God. And so this is what they did to Jeremiah. They beat him. Okay? They beat him bloody. They put him in stocks. Uh, They put death threats all around him. At one point, they throw him into a well that's drying up, and he sinks in mud right up to his neck, and they leave him down there. 
you'd think if they'd done all that to you, 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 you wouldn't speak anymore. But I want you to see what Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 20 and verse, uh, verse 9. He says, but if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding in. Indeed, I cannot. What he's simply saying there, folks, is, hey, I can't be quiet because God has given me a message and I've got to speak up for him. It's so simple. It's so simple that we need to understand that once it happens to us, it's going to happen through us, and there's absolutely nothing we can do to stop it because once we know how good God is, once we understand how great Jesus is, it grips us and we speak up. There's two ways that we speak up, and I want you to understand these two. The first one is advertising. If you've been around here long, you know about my favorite restaurant in the whole wide world. It's a place called Osteen's, okay? It's in St. Augustine, Florida. It seats about 70, maybe 80 people. And, and uh, you wait for an hour, two, maybe three to get in there. And uh, you go in and you get this plate of shrimp that is absolutely incredible. They're huge and they taste so good. And you get these sides that are homemade. And, and, it's just, and, and it costs very little, okay? In a normal restaurant, it would be about, about two to three times more than that. You know what I've done? A lot of you all have gone to St. Augustine, and I probably get an amen. I got one in the first service about some people that have been there, okay? That's advertising. You know, we, we, we could do some advertising. We sang a song today, My Sin is Gone. <laughs> there are some people that would like to hear about the grace of Jesus that would take their sin away. We, we sang that Christ is the victory. There are some people that would love to hear about that. You know, if we begin to talk about our church and say, when you come to Northridge, you're going you're gonna to know that the presence of God is there. We make it abundantly clear that God is alive and working in this land. When you come to Northridge, you're going to hear a message that's, that's straight from the Word of God. When, when you come to Northridge, you're going to get in a community group that's going to help you. That's just simply advertising. We're telling people about how good it is, and then they're going to want some of that. The second way that we communicate is what I would call warnings. Warnings. Uh, I was riding with a friend of mine. His name was Charlie Watson. I'm in the back seat. There's four of us in the car. And Charlie begins to pull across two lanes of traffic to turn left. From my vantage point in the back seat, I could see a car coming. He couldn't see because there was a truck turning right. So as I begin to, to look at that car and I see where we're going, I said, Stop, Charlie! And he stopped right there and has saved us a lot of pain. When we speak up about Jesus Christ, sometimes we need to, to shout out a warning to people. Hey, you're headed in a direction and you're not going to like where you end up. I said it this way to some people. You know, if you keep on borrowing money, you're going to become a slave to a lender. Because that's what it tells us in Proverbs, that the borrower becomes a slave to the lender. Or I've actually told people, hey, the, the path that you're headed down is going to get you someplace that you don't want to go. And that's just a simple warning. But it's often good if you follow up that warning with a little bit of advertisement about the good places that they need to go. So I, I'm encouraging you to speak up. Now, this is what I know. If you're like me, sometimes I get a little nervous about speaking up, okay? Uh, this is what I think. Well, what if I say the wrong thing? Okay, let me tell you about in the Old Testament, God uses this donkey to speak truth to people. If God can use a donkey, he can use us, okay? I'm just saying. And you're going to say, well, well, what if I say the wrong thing? Well, you remember the day of Pentecost? This is what happened. They began to preach, and everybody heard the message that they needed to hear in their own language. All God needs is this, a willing heart. And he can take it and use it in a mighty way. So speak it. Give him your heart. 
And when it happens to you, it'll happen through you. And I can tell you what, when you begin to speak up, you'll see great things happen. So, so we start talking about speaking. But you know what? Our words won't carry a lot of power if we don't have a life that follows with it. So the second point I want to tell you about today is just simply to live it. To live it. That, that means to, to put it into effect in your life. I grew up in a family. My mom and dad smoked, okay? Uh, my mom and dad smoked, and this is what they would tell me just about every, every time is, don't smoke. It's a nasty habit. Now, there's a little bit of a mixed message there in there. Don't smoke. It's a nasty habit. And, and, and what am I watching them do? I'm watching them do that. Well, why don't you do that? It can't be that bad. You know, we can do the same thing with, with uh, the message about Jesus Christ. If you and I speak about Jesus and then live in a different way, can I tell you what happens? That negates the message that we say. Craig Groeschel, you saw his picture earlier, he wrote a book called The Christian Atheist. The subtitle is Believing in God, but Living as if He Doesn't Exist. Believing in God, but, believe, but, but living as if He Doesn't Exist. That's all I'm talking about right here is this, is that we would live the words that we speak. If we would live the words that we speak, we would have a powerful, powerful message. So, so this is how we begin to live it. And this is found in Mark 1, 17. Jesus says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That means we've got to come to him. And then when we begin to walk with him, a change happens in our life. He doesn't say, come, follow me, and go fish. For men, he says, come follow me and you will become a fisher of men. There is a change that happens in us. You remember I said, it can't happen through us until it happens to us. Well, well that's exactly what we're talking about. You're going to walk with Jesus and it's going to happen to you. You're going to see how he lives. You're going to see the power that he has. And it's going to so change you that you're going to, that you're going to begin to naturally talk to people about Jesus. The light is going to be bright and it's going to shine. That's how it works. Acts 1.8. Jesus tells them to wait on Jesus, uh, wait on, on the power from high. And, and, and this is what he says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. All he's saying there, he says, wait for the power that's going to come from the Holy Spirit. Wait, that means you're going to re remain with Jesus, you're going to abide with him. And when, when you are spending time with him, guess what? Your life changes and you naturally become a witness. You don't have to go witness to somebody. What you have to do is this, is you just go and remain and abide in Jesus. For those of us that are doers out there, can I tell you what I want to do? I want to go and witness to somebody. But I won't have the power to witness if it hadn't happened to me, it won't happen through me. So I've got to spend the time of walking with Jesus and following him and remaining and abiding with him until it so grips my soul that I've got to speak up. I want you to see one more verse here. This is from 1 John 3. If anyone has material possessions, that would be us. We're all wealthy. The top 5% of the world's wealth is sitting right here in America. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother and, or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with just words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Okay? Do you get it? He's saying, you can talk about it, but you also got to live it. 
You can talk about it, but you also got to live it. You can have all the right words, but those aren't going to work if that's all you got. You got to have a life that lives with it. But if you, just, if you just do the good deeds, guess what happens? And you don't tell them about Jesus. Then you, then you failed there. Uh, Mark Cahill wrote this book. It's called The One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven. And, and the, the one thing you can't do in heaven is tell people about Jesus because they already know him, okay? Makes sense, doesn't it? But in this book, he talks about Christian organizations that go throughout the world, and this is what they do. They feed the hungry, and, and they take medicine and heal people, and they help them have a better life all around. But he says, you know, that, that's not really helping them if you don't tell them about Jesus Christ. He says, because they could have a full belly, they could be perfectly healthy, but if they're headed towards eternal destruction, then you haven't done their job. And that's all I'm saying to y'all is, let's make sure that our words and our lives agree so that we can help people know who Jesus Christ is and change their eternity. Let's work so that our words and our actions agree so that we can go and tell people about Jesus Christ. We say this about Northridge, that we want to be the church that, that, that we want to be the church that shows the love of Jesus where we live, work, and play. We want to be the church that shows the love of Jesus where we live, work, and play. The reason that we want to do that, the reason that we want to do that is to earn the right to speak to people about Jesus. If we just show them the love, but we never tell them about Jesus, we've come up short. We have these, I call them the big three. And one of them is night to shine. That happens in about five weeks, serve day, and then live nativity. All these are designed to help us gain a voice in this community so we can speak to them about Jesus. In five weeks, we will spend about $10,000 throwing a party for the special needs community. We will turn this room into a dance floor. This building will be turned into party central, and it is absolutely crazy. And uh, we will move about 1,000 chairs. We have 700 in this room. We'll move other ones, and, and, and we will literally do all that. And that ends Friday night about 10 o'clock, and then we get it all set up so we can do this again. And we will be totally wiped out. Why do we do that? so that we can have a voice to speak to this community about Jesus Christ. Because they're going to see the love of Jesus Christ, and they're going to hear the love of Jesus Christ. And then at the end of April, we do it again with Serve Day, and it's absolutely crazy what we do. We go into this community, and we show the love of Jesus. And then in Live Nativity, we show the love of Jesus, but we've got to follow it up with the words and telling people about who he is. So this is what I'm asking you to do, is to break the silence about Jesus Christ. That's the sermon in a sentence, is to break the silence about Jesus Christ. And this is, this is the way it works if we're doing that. The break the silence about Jesus Christ means that it's like an airplane. An airplane has two wings, and don't ever get on an airplane with just one wing. I'm just telling you, I'm going to help you guys out. But here you have this airplane that has two wings, and, and, but, but we as a church and we as followers of Christ have two wings. One is the words that we speak, and the other is the actions that we do. And when both of them are working together, we have a powerful witness for our Lord. You're saying, well, Mike, you just want us to break the silence for, for, for Jesus so that you can have a big church. Absolutely, that's what I want, because a big church means a smaller hell. And, 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 and that's the eternal destruction that I want to keep people from going to. But, but I want to tell you one more thing about this. There's another reason that I want you to break the silence about Jesus. There's another reason I want you to, to share Jesus. It's found in Philemon 6. 
Paul writes to this young man, he says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. He's praying that they will break the silence about Jesus so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Did you catch that there? When we share our faith, when it happens to us and happens through us, guess what happens? We begin to understand how good and how great God is. That's how it works. When you and I begin to to share our faith, we're going to gain a greater understanding. We're going to understand in a better way how great God is. In fact, this is what I want you to understand that that is going to happen. Once you begin to do that, it's going to be happening to you more, and it's going to be happening through you more. And God will use it in a mighty way. So this is what we're asking in the month of, of, of January. We're asking for you to break the silence. We're talking about this all month long. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about breaking the silence with our families, with our kids. And so we're going to be talking about it, but we're moving towards February 2nd. On February 2nd, we're asking every single person here to break the silence and then bring somebody with them. On that Sunday, we're asking you to bring a friend with you, uh, to, to break the silence. Now, on February 2nd, can I tell you what we're going to do? We're going to kick off a series on the Song of Solomon. Okay, now, I want you to understand this, is that this series, The Song of Solomon, we did it seven years ago, and it's been one of the most talked about series that we ever did. I had somebody last week refer to one of their children as the Song of Solomon baby, okay? The Song of Solomon baby. See, we preached the Word of God, people went home and were obedient, and nine months later, they had a kid, okay? Somebody said, oh, no, I ain't coming that month, Okay. But that's really it, because we want the people to be here that day because they're going to understand that God's Word is extremely practical for love, marriage, dating, and sex. But it's all moving towards that because we want to reach this community for Jesus Christ. And so we're asking you to break the silence. We're asking you to share your faith. And as you do that, you're going to know God in a greater and better way. So I'm going to ask you to do, uh, I'm going to ask you to do one thing as we get ready for that. And that one thing is this, is to pray. Pray. This is all I want you to do is to pray. That's the action step today, pray. The first thing is I want you to pray for one person that you could invite to be with you. Pray for one person. And and what you're going to pray is, God, I want you to begin to prepare their heart to hear the invitation I'm going to give them. God, I want you to begin to prepare me to have the right words. And as you begin to pray that, you know what is going to happen? God's going to be working in both places. and There's going to come a point when you're going to have an opportunity to pray for them. And on top of that, we're going to be giving you resources so that you can ask them and they'll know what what they're getting into. And so that's it. Begin to pray. Some of you are probably saying, I don't know of anybody I could pray for. Then you just ask God to lay one person on your heart. Lay one person on my heart, Lord, and and, and that, that I can have an open door with. Second thing I want you to do is to take what you found in your program today, 21 days of prayer, and I want you to pray with us as a church for 21 days about breaking the silence. It talks about boldness in here. It talks about having the right words in here. And if you'll pray every single day with us, can I tell you what I believe will happen? I believe that God will show up in a huge way on February 2nd. Why? Because we broke the silence with our friends, with our neighbors, with our coworkers. And and, and as we do that, you know what happens? They're going to know the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. But even greater is that you're going to know more completely about God's goodness. So that's what I'm asking you to do. Pray. Pray for your one and pray with us for 21 days. Would you bow your heads?
Father, you've given us a huge task to go into all the world. And Father, all we want to do right now is to get into Milledgeville and to get into our neighbors, into our neighborhoods, and into our coworkers. And Father, I'm just praying that each one of us will have one person that you will lay on our hearts and that we will be ready to, to share. Father, I pray that, that our words and our actions will agree. I pray that our words and actions will agree and we will be a powerful witness. Father, that we will be fishers of men and we will reach people for your kingdom. And Father, and through all that, that we'll have the joy that comes from being a part of what you're doing in this world. So Father, work in us. Send your spirit ahead to prepare people's hearts and prepare ours that we might be obedient to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at